When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now now listening to to the unmistakable sound of the War Report Weekend Tailgate. It's your boy, C-Dog. Be with my G. Let's go ahead and get into it. Last week, AU ended their road game losing streak. Mm. Mississippi State. Uh, they won in overtime 81-68. Uh, that win helped Auburn clinch at the very least a share of the SEC regular season championship. Uh, all those things were great, but what was actually encouraging in that game was actually the reemergence of K.D. Johnson. Uh, he actually scored 12 of his 14 in overtime, actually outscored Mississippi State by himself, 12-7. Mm. Uh, he came on strong and actually helped push Auburn forward. They think they scored 20 in overtime alone. Um, B, I know you have been very, you've been very kind of down on K.D. as of late. Uh, he has been kind of struggling in some games. How important was it for Katie to come through in the clutch in a game that Auburn needed against Mississippi State on the road? So I'm I am of two minds of KD coming through in overtime on uh last week to win us the game. Now, first of all, he won us the game. Straight up. He won us the game. I mean, a lot of things could have bounced differently so we didn't have to go to overtime, but 0-0, five minutes. KD was entirely the difference for us. So that is always a win. And and for what he is as an emotional player, he needs to be able to do that and be successful at it. What we've seen for the last month, though, was him attempting to do that at different times. If he doesn't get the call, if he gets called for a charge, if he turns the ball over, he will, it's like it's compounding frustration and every time he gets back down the court his energy builds up so he can make a singular play that will get back all the frustration that he has just built up by turning the ball over by missing a shot by getting a charge and that's when he he's more erratic 
and the refs are already going to be erratic because it's college basketball. So we can't ever be sure that when KD comes down the court and tries to get his way to the basket, that he's going to be called accurately. And because we can't be sure of that, we need KD's energy and his focus, but we don't need him to be so emotional that he becomes erratic. Frustration fouls from a turnover, bad pass, um, looking to drive and shake and bake and being out of control going to the lane sometimes. I love that he got it done for us at Mississippi State. And I'm glad that he was, again, effective at home in last yesterday's game. I'm still concerned about what that means for KD on a day-to-day basis. Ike has pointed out a lot of times, not only in, in the film he's done, but in the group chat, we're all talking during the games. Man, KD made a pass right there that he wouldn't have made two weeks ago, a month ago. He wouldn't have made that pass early in the season. He made a pass on a play. Um, Bruce called the timeout at the end of the first half, um, drew up a play. I don't think it went exactly the plan, but the pass KD made, it's like, ooh, he was looking. And he made a great pass that ended up with, with points for us. How much can he do that? Can he do that when he's hyped up and we're down and he's trying to get it all back? Can he do that? I, I want him to be able to do that. Because KD at his best is great for us. We've seen it. He won the game for us. Was it at uh, Mizzou? Yeah. He won the game for us at Mizzou in similar fashion. He won the game for us at Mississippi State. We want him to be able to do that when he's not getting the whistles. When he's turning the ball. Well, we don't want him to turn the ball over. But I, I don't know if KD can consistently be more like, I guess, Draymond in the sense of, I am going to be fiery and intense all the time, but my play is going to be mostly even-keeled. That's mm. the difference between KD and Draymond. Draymond, he's probably way too much <laughs> as a personality and, and emotionally on the field, on the, on the court, but he also, his play is even. He does the same things. He's looking for the same things, and he's able to execute consistently. KD's execution is affected by his emotion, and that's what that that makes us a bit of a wild card. And I don't want it to be a wild card. I want it to be something we can count on. Has he turned a corner, or was Mississippi State just the worst road team that we have played in this stretch of the last month? So we were able to get over on them. Florida might be better than Mississippi State. I don't know. The, the records are a little iffy on that. Tennessee's definitely a better team. Arkansas is a better team. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess we will see going forward. We got an entire tournament where home court won't allow us to simply overpower people with momentum, but it also won't allow other people to overpower us with their momentum and their home court. So it's going to be a toss-up these last, I don't know, man. The SEC tournament might be the best one in a minute because of how even a lot of the teams at the top are. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm hoping KD can be a big part of it. Mike G, talk to me, man. Your thoughts on KD in that game. I mean, going into overtime, he only had two points for, I believe it was four turnovers uh, in the game. So he wasn't having a good game, and he just exploded. Uh, your thoughts on him going into this tournament? Well, four for eight, right? He went. He didn't take a ton of shots. He went four for eight uh, for 14 points, and he hit all his free throws, Yeah, which were critical. He went five for five from the free throw line. So... Um, you need him to be about right there, you know, not, 
you know, taking too many shots, but making, you know, a good percentage of the shots that he takes. I know you could probably say that for any player, but, um, you know, when he's scoring like that, Auburn is very hard to beat, difficult to beat, because he's always going to give you the energy and the effort on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he's going to go out there, he's going to make hustle plays. Uh, you know, even on Saturday, you saw like they were, they were just trying to inbound the ball and he wouldn't let them do it. And he tips it to himself and drives it for a layup. I mean, the effort and the energy is always going to be there. You just want him to, you know, I, I saw him take some mid-range shots these last couple games that I'm like, where has that been? You know, from the elbow inside the arc. And he shoots those balls at a pretty high clip. So I'd like to see more of that rather than the step back 30-foot threes. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, KD, was, Bruce has said repeatedly that this team is at its best when everybody contributes. KD Johnson plays way too many minutes to not contribute and be on the court for as much as he is. So uh, this is, KD Johnson gives us that extra element that just makes Auburn, because we know, you, you know Jabari's going to get his. You know, to some extent, Kessler is going to get his if he stays out of tr- foul trouble. And when you add a third option to that, it makes Auburn really difficult to beat, and it opens up the court for other guys to make plays as well, too. When we don't have that third option, we're limited because guys load up on Jabari, and he has to hit Superman shots, or, you know, they just try to take Kessler out of the game. I think he is him and Zep Jasper essentially moving forward are going to be two of our most important offensive pieces to help help keep uh, defensive on, defenses honest. So it's good. I'm glad that he hasn't lost any confidence, man. In that overtime, he had a big three. And um, that's the kind of shot that you need him to make. He, now, he was only one for three. It was the only one he hit. But he hit it at the right time. And having a guy like that that can just take over overtime like that, I don't know that anybody else was going to step up and do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody else was in a mental space to step up and take over that game the way he did in overtime. And Mississippi State definitely wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so uh, talk about a body blow, man. Uh, it just, we need to see that. And and to do it on the road, too, added an extra element that I think is going to be very important for Auburn moving forward because there are no more home games left. Now, if you listen to that game, our crowd was loud in their arena. Man, they were loud. I expect the same down in Tampa. We're going to travel, and there's a very large Auburn alumni base in Tampa anyway. So uh, it should be fun to watch. But, you know, to B's point, you know, you're not going to have the home crowd feeling you. So you got to go. Every, every game's a road game. From here on in. And you got to go in and you got to get the job done. But KD Johnson is going to be a big part of that. So uh, hopefully this is the start of another one of those streaks for him. Hopefully the slump is over. And we just need him to do it for about seven more games, right? <laughs> seven or eight more games. Um, I talked to me, man. You you were on, we were not on our last show. I mentioned Zeb Jasper being a part of the offense. And he contributed 11 points in the game against Mississippi State, hit three three-pointers, three or four uh, beyond the arc. And let's talk about how important he will be to Mike's point because it seems as though when he is able to contribute offensively, we know we know the value he brings to this team defensively, but when he's able to actually contribute, it seems as though it takes a little bit of pressure off of the KDs, 
off of our guys to actually score points because usually it means KD, it means Wendell doesn't force uh, the offense as much because they're actually getting uh, they're getting production elsewhere. So how important will it be in the SEC tournament as well as the NCAA tournament for Zep? Maybe not even have to score 11 points, but able to hit a three here to keep the defense, give them something to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's crucial. Um, Zep being able to contribute offensively makes it a different proposition for defenses to try to figure out. Um, and he's a good shooter, right? So like, all he, he really just needs to make one or two um, to keep people honest and not... Because at that point, what you're going to end up happen, having happen is um, if we go to this three-guard lineup, which we saw uh, first in Mississippi State, um, the outside shooting ability of a Zepp Jasper makes it easier for Wendell to be able to operate, right? Because Wendell, listen, y'all, so a lot of people owe Wendell some apologies. I'm sorry, because uh, the way he's distributing the basketball and finding the right person, making the right play in these last couple of games, um, I think it's been overblown his shot selection situation. I know he has been making a lot of shots, um, but if Zepp Jasper's going to make open threes um, and we can go to that three-guard lineup, that's tough, man. That's a tough thing. And so he's he's definitely crucial to being able to be in a space where we can be more – we can we can still be sound defensively, but we can be more aggressive offensively and stretch defenses out or spread it out a little bit more. And that gives Jabari more room to operate, who has been a little more aggressive of late um, with putting the ball on the floor, all of those sorts of things that we've been asking for him to do. So, yeah, Zep Jasper's crucial. Let's talk about rebounds. Against Mississippi State, Mississippi State out-rebounded us 50-32. to 32. Mm. Mississippi State had 21 offensive boards in that game, which gave them actually 10 more possessions, uh, 10 or 14. I think I, I may be confusing the two, but I think between Tennessee, they out-rebounded us 54 to 31, and they had 21 boards as well. So between Mississippi State, Tennessee, you had at least 10 extra possessions that the opposing teams had. We ended up having to go into overtime to win it against Mississippi State. Tennessee, we ended up losing by, what, two possessions? Due to them having uh, at least 10 more possessions than, than, than what we had. So going into this tournament, our defensive rebounding, and granted, these were the two games that stand out. Um, because I think against South Carolina, it was pretty even in rebounding. But these two games, we were we were rebounded the other team out-rebounded us significantly. How important is this going to be, and how much of a concern is this moving forward? Because what I'm seeing is we know that Auburn's going to go through its highs and lows in a game shooting. They'll get cold, then they'll heat up, but their defense usually keeps us in games. But the problem is if you're not getting rebounds after giving after playing good defense you're basically giving teams another chance to take advantage of our shooting slumps and so going into the tournament how critical is it that we not have these 50 to 32 rebounding statistics that we've had in these two games where it was tight or we lost or we needed overtime to win it's your boy ike jones and you're listening to the war reports weekend tailgate podcast did you know that you can find this and most of our other podcast content on YouTube first? 
That's right. Just search The War Report on YouTube and you'll find our channel where we broadcast this and other shows live. We've also got Auburn football and basketball press conferences, film reviews, game highlights, interviews, and special guest segments, too. All of the Auburn sports content you can ask for and then some. Now that you know, let's get back to the show. Yeah, like this is kind of a recent phenomenon, right? This whole we're getting suddenly out-rebounded like crazy. Um, and w- against Tennessee, I, I at first I just thought, I was like, man, these are some awkward rebounds, right? I mean, it, they were shooting hard bricks. Uh, yeah. It looked like they were playing with uh, dodgeballs, <laughs> the way they were bouncing off the goal. And I just thought to myself, eh, okay, that's maybe a one-off. Um, but this is concerning. Now, if you listen to Pearl in the, the, the last post game, he talked about how uh, we're, again, what we've been saying, the, the identity of this team is defense. That's what they do. And it's going to be difficult because if you ever have a defensive lapse, which we really haven't seen them do this season. I don't know if I can point to one game and say we broke down on defense. I think we've defended well in almost every game. Now, they may have had like short stints where the other team was just hitting tough shots. Uh, but for the most part, I can't really look at any game that we played this year and and, th- and, and say that was bad defense. We played well. Uh, so can you score enough points for everybody to win and for, for you to win? And giving the other team second and third chances offensively does make your job, it's a lot more defense you have to play. All the extra possessions and eventually somebody gets hot and hits a crazy shot or, you know, it just is making it hard on yourself. So, um, you know, I heard the announcer say during our last game that uh, the tough thing about Auburn is, is that even when they can survive their shooting droughts, because they're not going to let you score either. If we're not scoring, you're not scoring. That's pretty much what it's been like this season. So, you know, I just think um, where Auburn is at right now I'm not sure. I'm not concerned about our ability to be able to rebound. It's really difficult to diagnose. There have been times where Cambridge has had, was a beast on the boards for a stretch. Jalen Simpson, I've, been, I've seen these guys go after rebounds. So I don't think effort Williams. in rebounding. <laughs> oh, did I say Simpson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shows you how many Jalens I know. Um, the, I've seen him go after rebounds, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure really. I'm not convinced that it's going to be a problem long term. Because we have rebounded well. There was one game we had where we had like over 60 total rebounds. They were rebounding like crazy. So you can't get beat on the offensive board. It certainly makes your job a lot harder if you're going to get beat on the boards every night. And it lowers the prospects that you're going to win against tougher teams. You know, Because once you get into that Sweet 16, man, getting out-rebounded like that is not an option. Right. It, it isn't. You cannot give good teams second and third chances to beat you because they're definitely going to beat you. Mm, so I, I, I'm not sure I'm super concerned about it, but I want to see how we do in this first round of the SEC tournament. Yeah. What kind of game is Auburn going to play? And, you know, do they keep keep them off the boards? You know, I wonder, though, if how they've been calling fouls has affected how we're rebounding as well, too. It seems, sometimes the guys seem a little timid out there because the the, the referees have been quick on the uh on the whistle was our guys uh and then alternatively swallowing the whistle on the other end 
at some point, that has to affect how you play the game, right? Like, every time I give effort and go after a rebound, they're calling a foul. You know, and, and particularly for a guy like Kessler. You know, and when he gets in foul trouble, we're a different team. Yeah. We're a really different team. Uh, I've said it before. I think I think he's he's not our best player, but he is our most important player. And um, when he's just fighting for rebounds, and you know, and he's getting fouls called on him, it just it changes the game. So I, I hope we get. I'm not one to bit. I'm not one to complain about the refs, but I do hope that we get some better officiating down the stretch here, um, so that where the narrative is not. You know, oh, so and so got in foul trouble on ticky tack fouls where we were fighting for rebounds, and you know, I don't know, man. It's, it's 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 been frustrating watching how the game has gone for us, even in some of the wins. But rebounding, mm, I just hope I hope there's not a carryover. Is all I can say about it. I've seen us do it well, extremely well, and I've seen us do it extremely poorly. And I don't I don't know which is which at this point. Well, where we're well, at with it. Well, there's a comment I think, uh, B, you wanted to kind of uh, follow up on. Uh, go ahead, B. Yeah, Harvey put this up here. I think the rebounding is a product of teams shooting threes and deep shots, which leads to long rebounds. Yeah. We are so good defensively that they are shooting really bad. Sh- they're not shooting bad shots. They are affected mentally inside by Kessler. Like uh, they point out plenty of times, even when he doesn't actually block the shot. They are throwing at really high arcs, and and it's really weird. So your traditional rebounding position may not be as effective if they're throwing at different angles, really high arcs, or from really deep three because the the shot clock is winding down. All that leads to uh, those are worse shots, different types of rebounds. And truly, Kessler is usually deep when it comes to the rebounding. If it's slightly longer than that, then he's not going to get that. And we do need a a second person who's focused on rebounding because of what Cambridge, and that's why Cambridge was so effective, is he's not going to really be doing a, a lot of cutting, going to the basket with the ball in his hands, handling the ball. So it made sense to put him down there and say, hey, this is your job right now. You get the rebounds. Um, same thing for Jalen Williams. But I, I don't know. I, it makes me wonder what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Have people seen how we want to rebound? and try to, you know, get those guys off their spots. I have no idea why we have been so poorly out-rebounded, so, so severely out-rebounded, rebounded so poorly. But I do think at least some of it is how well we defend. It's We are affecting our ability to get easier rebounds. Um, I, but it still doesn't account entirely for exactly how badly we've been out-rebounded between Tennessee and Mississippi State. That's that's a bit of a, of a puzzle to me. Any thoughts, Ike, on this? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it is a, a lot of what, what, what Harvey is talking about, about a lot of three-pointers, because we give up a lot of open looks from three because of how we defend. Um, it's very frenetic pace and just kind of running at people. Um, I think the thing, and I, I need to look at this and see, early in the season, um, our guards were rebounding really well, specifically Wendell Green Jr. And that is a byproduct of long rebounds, right? Like he wasn't in there, you know, grabbing boards down amongst the trees. He was just picking up those scrappy, you know, 10 foot and out rebounds. And he was just first to it. I think it'd be interesting to look and see whether or not his rebounding production has dropped off and what is happening from the guard position, because that's where you're going to get a lot of those carom rebounds happening. Um and that's really what was happening mostly against Tennessee. It was, 
not first effort, it was got tipped around or it was a long rebound that somebody went and tracked down. Um, and so I do think that that would be an interesting stat to go and take a look at and see whether or not our guard position is rebounding particularly well, specifically on the defensive glass, because you can't fast break if you don't have the ball, right? So an outlet's right. not necessary. If it's an offensive rebound and Wendell's not in there fighting for it, I'm not mad at it because he needs to get back or KD needs to get back. Somebody's got to play deep. But uh, if it's a defensive rebound, it's got to be five guys going in there to make sure that we secure the possession first. Because as you guys have already stated and has been stated in some of the broadcasts, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a great defensive possession if you're just going to give them a second one. Because now right. you have to, instead of playing 23 seconds of great defense, you're going to stretch that to 30, 40 seconds of great defense. And that mm -hmm. tires you out. Right. Um, so you, you're yeah, usually out of position. The guards. Yeah, you're usually out of possession, out of position for the second possession anyway. Yeah, so it's right. almost like an, an easier chance for them to make a bucket at that point. So do you do you guys have you guys noticed? It seems like there have been a lot of lazy rebounds where the ball is just kind of bouncing around and nobody's going after it. Like they're already running back down the court. Is well, it see, not a thing saying, to, like, I to don't follow your shot? situation? Yeah. So that's the thing that I think is most interesting is the following of the shot. One. Follow like, your like, shot. Yeah. The guy will shoot and then just kind of backpedal like, uh, yeah, I know that's going to drop regardless of where it is. And it's just one of those kind of fundamental basketball things of like, don't be so hasty to think it was a, a made bucket. If you followed it, it's going to come right back to you in a lot of those instances. And we probably would have been able to get second possessions a lot more had we followed our own shots and, and, and corralled those misses. So that, that happened. That happens quite a bit, honestly, um, for yeah. our players. Yeah, I've been, I've been noticing it. They don't seem to follow their shots a lot, right? And there are rebounds that we could get, but you're already running back down the court. I'm not a basketball exer expert, which is why I'm asking the question, like, is that something that's coached, right, to follow your shot? Or, like, you know, or is that, yeah, like you said, or is it just cockiness? You when you're playing, that, that's, that's kind of fundamental basketball, following your shot sure. type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I do think some of it is just um, – it's a mental lapse of like, oh man, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. Um, so, isn't isn't some of it though that when you follow your shot, you take yourself out of position in case they do get the ball quickly, and then yeah, I mean, yeah, but still, you, you're you're at the ball though. Like the ball is gonna be where the ball is gonna be. Right? So mm -hmm. you you're the one that shot it. Somebody else can get back, right? Like it just needs to be a situation where people understand what their responsibility is in that moment. Um, yeah. Especially if it's like. A corner three situation, right? And the ball's coming back down to the corner. That's different. I'm thinking you top know, of the key mostly. Yeah, top of the key the misses. Man. It's a little bit different, but yeah. you still have to like again. The ball is what's most important, and so you know if you're going to shoot and miss, if you just follow that up really quickly, you can be where the ball is. Yeah, I just I, I blame Steph Curry for that. Um, a lot of kids <laughs> watching him just. Shoot the ball and turn back the other way. Yeah, there was a clip of that, of him saying, stop blaming me for this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clip of Steph Curry saying, stop yeah, tagging like me tagging and all these bad here. logo threes. These are bad shots. And then, and, then, and then at the end, he goes, I probably would have taken that shot too, but stop tagging me. <laughs> and these bad shots. I saw it yesterday. That's, I thought it was funny. That's hilarious. Uh, we did a facts and NAS segment to preview the Mississippi State game. And one of the facts and NAS that we talked about was how many gummies are we going to need uh, in this game? And hey, you guys were confident that you didn't need anything. Yeah. Um, I, 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 mean, I, I, I wasn't uh, ever worried about the outcome of the game, but I will say this. That 14-point spread, buddy. 
<laughs> Somebody was heated. Somebody was heated because we had it up to what? 17 at one point? Or was it more than that? I think it was like 20, wasn't it? It was a lot. And it was a lot. One dude was shooting out of his mind for South Carolina. I can't remember his name. Um no, I'm talking about Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Oh, we're talking about the Mississippi State game. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't remember then. Yeah, Mississippi State, y'all did the live facts or not segment, and Mike took the gummy out and split it in half. He's oh, like, this that's is right. all I'm going to need. And that's <laughs> right. He was talking that big, big talking <laughs> It was all big. of us. No yeah. one said two. Nobody and said it, more, it, but it, it he was, wanted was, to demonstrably a, on screen take out this all of <laughs> It was <laughs> definitely a two gummy kind of night. Uh, yeah, listen. Um, <laughs> In my defense, <laughs> I just felt like we were due on the road. Like, you know, it just and and we, we started. We ended up winning. Yeah, we started. It wasn't easy. Yeah, it started out great. And then we had that scoring drought that inevitably comes. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, hats off to Mississippi State. They had a lot of fight in them, certainly. Uh, but uh, when we went to overtime, I was like, I'm going to need to pop the other half of this gummy because. <laughs> <laughs> Overtime has not been our friend this year. Um, yeah. It has that not our, been our friend. That was our first trip to overtime that we actually won. We the won. Game. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, they took us on a little ride there, but but being able to overcome it, I think it's going to be big for this team psyche going into the tournament. I mean, we did, we, did we win it? We won at least one overtime game in a 2019 tourney, did we not? I think we went to overtime with Kentucky. I don't know. I don't recall. We had an overtime game, I thought, um, during that stretch. Uh, I could be wrong. But you, know, you need to be able to, to close out tough games, and they did it. And the SEC, I've said this a lot, and I'll say it again, the SEC was a murder, murderer's row this year. Oh, for sure. There were not a ton of gimmies anywhere in the SEC on the road. I mean, we, yeah, we have Georgia. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, even, even now, and that on, game was on, tough. No, you, said on the road. you said on the road, yeah, like at – Somebody's home building. Yeah, it's hard to win on the road, man. Yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, even Georgia, Georgia pulled out some wins versus Alabama. Like, uh, I was looking at our schedule, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, wow, uh, this was hard. And who would you say is the best conference in college basketball other than the SEC right now? Probably Big 12, maybe. Big 12? No, nah, Big, Big Ten. Big Ten. Big Ten. I go Big, Big Ten. Ten probably. Yeah, the bottom. SEC. The ACC is not doing too hot this year. I don't no. think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Duke and everybody else. Uh, North Carolina came on strong towards the end of the they year, did. but They've it's, it's mostly Duke. It's mostly yeah. Duke. So the, with the way the schedule panned out, I'm thinking we got six solid tournament teams. You know, so far, and when you're looking at those teams, um, God, any one of them could be dangerous, right? Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn. Kentucky, LSU, and Tennessee, all definitely going to make the tourney. Uh, and now I think that Florida has an outside shot to sneak in. Maybe. They're going to have to do some work in this tournament. They're the only other team I think that has a, a, a shot to get in realistically without winning the SEC tourney. And, and maybe Texas A&M. I don't know. Like, um Florida A&M, that's going to be an elimination game. Sure. I was about to say they're playing each other first game of the um, their first game in the tournament okay, okay. against one another. Yeah. But there you go. Game. So, so Texas A&M is going to have, probably have to win the SEC tournament to get in. But if Florida goes on a run to like the title game or something, they could get in. Yeah. They could definitely, they could sneak in. They're, they're like in the, uh, Lenardi has them as in the next four out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But to make that title game, they're going to have to win some impressive games. So I mean, they got to beat was, us, which also I'm, not, I'm hoping that they don't get in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Facts. So, like, when you look at our schedule, what did we finish? 27 and 4? Four? 4. Right? Mm-hmm. This was an impressive 27 and 4. For sure. This was a really impressive 27 and 4. Uh, you, you lost three games in conference only. But going down to the last week, there were three teams, at least three teams could have, sh- we could have shared this with two other teams. Mm-hmm. Right? Tennessee and Arkansas played each other. So one of them was going to get eliminated. And then Kentucky. Right. Could have been a three way tie for the SEC regular season crown. Um, this was, I think there is a big accomplishment for Auburn this year to close out South Carolina to win it outright. I think that that is. That's a great achievement for this team. You have one of the best seasons you ever have in program history. You don't want to share the title with anybody. Right. That kind of waters it down in my book. So uh, it was, it, I was glad that, they, that we won it out, right? And then, um, you know, you're going into it. You know, you, Florida was the only game that we lost uh, to a non, what might be a non-tournament team. Right. You know, and a lot of other schools have losses to, you know, much weaker opponents on their schedule so you know we'll see I got something for Gonzaga fans as soon as this I'm sure you yeah this tournament starts but I'm confident that you do um (laughs) 